Hey guys, you're listening to the Soccer Podcast. My name is Ruja, but you can call me Rose. I'm a football staff and former referee. But don't worry, I'm not here to show you any red or yellow card. Just get ready to kick off the undiscovered journey in women's football. Well, basically, I always start this soccer podcast by using that Eurovision line like, Hello, Sarajevo, this is Belgrade calling. But <laughs> but today, I'm not be the one to give you some points. I want to discuss with my dear friend and colleague, Azra Nomanovic, officially General Secretary of SFK 2000 Sarajevo, champion of Bosnia and Herzegovina. Way. Well, well, hi, yeah. <laughs> hi everyone from Sarajevo. This point, 12 points goes to <laughs> Russia and Serbia. Wait, well, let's say two soccer podcast. It's enough. Yeah, two soccer podcast. Exactly. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Well, uh, being general secretary is not only thing that you do actually in football and SFK. So please, can we start by explaining all the roles you're covering at the moment? Yeah. Are you sure? Because we need the whole podcast for that. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Please let us, what are you doing in football at this point? Okay, at this point, I'm Secretary General at SFK 2000 Sarajevo, the 19 consecutive championship t- title holder from Bosnia and Herzegovina. I'm also good, and 17 cup titles, so we have in total... 36 titles and we broke the world record that is important to say so (laughs) next to being general secretary and doing all the paperwork that i actually don't like because i love football and being on the pitch i'm still a player even though not very active especially during this season i just played in the first half of the season a few minutes and in the second part none Um, but next to it, I'm doing everything. I'm doing our visuals, our design, video, photo materials. I'm doing uh, event organization. I'm doing uh, everything that you can do in a football club. So whatever you think about that you could do, I'm doing that. From carrying our equipment, from helping our coach at the training center, to organizing these and that, I'm doing everything. Oh my God, unbelievable. How is that even possible for one person? Like, literally. (laughs) Yeah, it's possible when you love something you do. Because I never came to this club uh, with applying to a job. So I didn't search for a job. I'm here since I was a young girl and I love this club. I feel like it's my second home, like my second family. So when you love something and someone, you do everything you can to help and to, to develop and to provide everything that we need. So I don't have really any problems with doing everything that we need from carrying the ball, still being general secretary at U- UEFA meetings. So from high standard meetings and jobs till the basic ones like doing the grass on the field i don't know so, so do you like do you like your uh, your uefa suit better or you are more into tracksuit i love my tracksuit the most that's what 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 uh, is connecting me to all of this it's football and it's the game but i love also my uefa my secretary suit as well i really enjoy that job i do it with passion i do it with knowledge that i'm collecting all these years and i uh, understand the material and the depth of of football and women's football in particular so i really enjoy every 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 part of it 
Well, that's that's really impressive. But uh, speaking of your club, I want this wider audience listening uh, around the world to understand and hear more about your club. Uh, as I already know, you girls started from basically playing football in park in Sarajevo, and now you're the most successful women's football club in, in this region. So can you please tell us, no matter the time you need for that, can you tell us the story of SFK coming from the park to actually being what you are today, like world record holders. Come on, can yeah. you do it better than that? <laughs> yeah, so it all started with our head coach. She's also the president and the founder of this club. She was part of FK Sarajevo, that's a different club that was way back then uh, active in the best women's football club in Bosnia. But it was kind of closed, closed for the girls that already played in the professional part of the club. So whenever a girl wanted to join the club, there was no space, no no youth teams, no program for that. And and our coach really wanted to, to develop the sport and to give every girl the opportunity to play. So she decided to make her own club. Even though she was at her high peak of her career, she was like captain of the team, playing for the national team. She was the best player in Bosnia. She decided to give space to younger ones and to all of the girls. So she made SFK 2000 in year 2000 logically even though people think that's our our name that we made up but actually we were just a group of girls she decided to make a club and there was a men's football club called SFK 2000 founded in that year and they said okay yeah you can train with us and be part of our club so we joined them but after two years they the men's team um, stopped with, with working they didn't um play anymore and only the women's team remained there so we took their name over it just stayed with us and it's here till till today so that's how we were founded and we really started from the from the bottom from the scratch we were tr having training sessions on parking lots on 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 i don't know parks then there was a closed stadium in a part of Sarajevo city and we were jumping over the fence and having training sessions there. And there wasn't even grass. It was just a muddy field. And we were having training well, sessions so classy there. for a girl, right? Yeah. <laughs> we don't mind doing those stuff. Everything is for girls when you want it to. So we, exactly. that's how we that's how we started. And we really became champions of Bosnia, uh, having training sessions there. So no one can say, oh, you have perfect conditions. That's why you're the best. No, that's not true. We didn't have anything. We didn't have any finances. We didn't have... We had maybe 10 balls and that was everything we had. And there was a river next to this field. So whenever a ball... <laughs> got into the river we were so sad because we lost one ball we can't have another one you know so that was our start and we became champions even then and then we just made our steps forward and grew even bigger and better throughout the years and now we can say that we are not only the best women's football club we are the best football club in bosnia we are better even than our, than our men colleagues and we are and i can proudly say the best organized team in this country i'm not talking about our budget of course the men's team have a bigger budgets and they talk about millions but when you talk about organization uh, perfection um, expertise knowledge and everything our club is really one of the best in, in Bosnia and Herzegovina, not only in football, but in all other sports as well. 
Well, not only in Bosnia, I can confirm that basically you guys are one of the best, if not the best, organized clubs in uh, in entire Southeast uh, Europe region. So, so it's it's really a huge achievement. But uh, something that is really interesting from the information you you shared with us about your beginnings and something that's happening actually right now is you started uh, and had a name like the men's team. And now you're basically part of the, let's say, Sarajevo family, football club Sarajevo family. So basically you became uh, an important part of the men's club, uh, the club that has history. It's really important for, for, for Bosnia. So can you please tell us how you actually achieved that, how you became part of, of the Sarajevo family and what does it mean for you? Is that something that women's club should look for or not? Okay, so uh, when we grew a lot as a team, uh, we were first of all having training sessions at Grbavica Stadium. And whoever is watching or knows everything about Bosnian or Balkan football knows that in Sarajevo there are two big clubs, FK Sarajevo and FK Željezničar. And we had training sessions in our games at the FK Željezničar Stadium, actually. And for years, that lasted for years, and we were in really good cooperation with them. But then uh, rumors in men's football started that UEFA or the FA or whoever will force or make a rule in, in men's football that they have to have a women's team if they want to get the license for UEFA competition or something like that. And then they, they realized, okay, we have SFK 2000 Sarajevo here. The best thing would be to have them part of our team because they are already a form team that is successful. We don't have to do everything from scratch, even though they, they weren't um, sure if it's true or not. But uh, they were starting to think about it. But what happened is that FK Sarajevo was really haunting us. For like two years, whenever we met them, they were like, oh, you have to uh, be part of FK Sarajevo. Come to our team. We will give you these and that. And then we had meetings with both teams. And in the end, we decided to go to FK Sarajevo because Jelzinshar wasn't that interested and they didn't have enough resources to have us as, as a department there and FK Sarajevo on the other side had a really good strategy and a vision it was not only about come to FK Sarajevo we will give you I don't know finances or whatever you need it was really about they cared they really uh, had a great opinion about uh, about our team and our, about our titles and our results. And they really had a strategy for the future, what they want to do with us, how they see us in their family. So we decided to go to FK Sarajevo. So that's the moment when we joined the Maroon family and that's, that was a really good decision. Why? Because till 2015 we had such good sports results we grew so much but we couldn't uh, handle it uh, organized like it, it, from the uh, administration par part of you you can't have that much success and those big competitions without having enough people without having different departments without being legally supported etc etc so that helped us a lot we finally had all departments from our men's team that we could use legal department marketing department uh, finances director of the club was with us every day and with every hour activity so it was not only about having a stable budget even though that is 
very important and they helped us partly with that as well but it was about having people behind your back helping you with everything that you need so we outgrew our results and we needed a institution to be part of in in order to grow some more because in in balkans and in this part of europe it's just impossible to be a women's sports team not football team but sports team and to have everything organized to have grants and and financial support from the government from uh, i don't know uh, other subjects subjects as, as well there are just no um budgets and no system supporting sports and you need just a bigger brother to take to, to take care of to take care of you so that's the point where we decided to go to FK Sarajevo and that's the point where our club grew even more and started to make even bigger results. So since being with FK Sarajevo, we managed to go to round 32 in the UEFA Champions League twice. Before that, we needed like eight years to, to do it twice. And with FK Sarajevo, we did it twice in two or two, three years. So that shows how this support was important and how uh, it helped our team our players to to develop and to play even better and i have to say again it is not about finances because our salaries didn't grow that much at that point but our um, self esteem and self confidence self confidence was rising and then the players could feel that they have a system behind them and that they don't have to worry or be scared about their future that everything will be okay and you could immediately see that on the pitch and now like five six years after you started that cooperation did you progress in in the relationship between two clubs actually uh, i mean among the one club and one system or you feel like that was just like motivation in the beginning Yeah. I think that now is the point where we have to reorganize our cooperation with FK Sarajevo and take it to a bigger step forward or we just can't be stuck here where we just are. Uh, because in the beginning it helped us a lot to have these departments to have these um help and everything, but now our results and UEFA Champions League is changing women's football is rising in in all of Europe uh, now the budgets of women's football clubs are being counted in millions so if you don't make steps forward and just stay where you are the other clubs will just run away so you have to chase them and, and catch them and we have to to make another strategy now they have to do another st strategy with their team as well because our men's team is also being stuck with their results and not making any bigger progress in European football and they want to do it because they have an investor and they have really to make this step forward they lost the championship title just few weeks ago even though they have 13 points advantage so in the next two months we will all sit down and make a whole new strategy that will include Uh, the relationship between our women's team and the men's team and what we are going to do in the future because a very important thing is that we didn't merge with FK Sarajevo fully we are still a different uh, legal subject so we are not FK Sarajevo by statute and our documents we are still SFK 2000 Sarajevo and the connection with the men's team is through a memorandum of understanding uh, where we have uh, different um, 
articles that say what these uh, relationship is being uh, made of. So that's the thing that we have to do now. Well, fingers fingers crossed. I hope that that men will step up again and and show how how they respect and show that actually uh, you girls are a big part of their strategy when we speak about their um, their advance of everything they do. So, like, let's say fingers crossed for for the next step of of FFK and SFK family. Yeah. <laughs> well, you mentioned you mentioned playing uh, Champions League, being part of the uh, round of 32 teams. Well, uh, I'm not sure that you actually said everything about you guys participating at the Champions League. I also know that you hosted many tournaments and many other things. So let's speak about yeah. the success of SFK in, in Champions League. Um, this year it will be our 19th season. 19th season in the UEFA Champions League. So that's that's wow. a, I think we are wow. the team we are with with most um UEFA appearances. Uh no one played Champions League more than us I think. So that's why we have a lot of lot of experience and everything we did till now was good. We organized everything very well and UEFA is really recognizing those things. That's why they um, had trust in us to be host of the qualifying round for nine years. And that's a big thing. It shows that they really see and that they respect our work and that we have something to give and to provide to this competition. That's very important because everyone knows what Champions League is and that's the brand of Champions League is the most popular football part in, in the whole world not only in Europe it's a European competition but it's the biggest football competition in the world and when you're part of it when you are good in it and when UEFA is giving you the privilege to be the host so many times and to be in the end this year part of the working group that is working on a new format of the Champions League then it shows that you are doing a really good job and we really did we had perfect um Uh, comments from the delegates every year and you are in good communication with UEFA about everything that happens with problems, with new things, with some improvements and, and other stuff. So that's what is maybe our best result in European competition, not only our results on the field and the going to round of 32, it's about being a good organizer of this big competition and being there every year and being now even a part of a body that is not decision making but decision making in terms of making a new format and then the, of course the executive committee makes the final decision. And it happened. The executive committee made a final decision and everything that we have done was uh, approved so now we have a new format of the women's champions league and sfk 2000 sarajevo was part of that body that was making it well that's really really something to be proud of and uh, speaking of the new champions league uh, uh, competition and system and everything that is happening can you please explain uh, to our listeners for the club like sfk for example what does the new system means How is gonna look like? Do you think it's uh, better? How do you now compete against the biggest clubs in the Europe? Because as I know, also those meetings when you were guys discussing uh, the reforms and everything also were some kind of, uh, you know, uh, like bigger fish speaking to a smaller fish. And now I just want to hear how you guys actually managed to stay at the same level like you were before and not help them make some kind of a super league or something 
Yeah. So that was my part of the job being part of that ECA and uh, UEFA body that was working about uh, working on that new format. I was the voice of uh, this kind of clubs in Europe, like subdivision two or three, and I was all the time pulling uh, regulations and stuff towards the smaller let's say smaller teams uh, and not to focus only on the knockout stage and the very end of the champions league and to put every uh, sponsorship regulation finances there i just showed them every time on every meeting with arguments that is very important to also look down to the clubs playing the qualifiers and even the clubs playing in domestic leagues and that's the foundation of football never forget that it's not only about the 10 top clubs in europe that's only two percent of all players in europe so football is not made out of 10 teams football is made out of all the thousand and thousand of girls playing in all of the clubs and if you forget them and give everything to the top clubs, then you will eventually have something like a super league that will not help to develop this sport at all. And that was especially important for women's football because women's football is now developing. It's not at the point where the men's football is. It is already a business, a made-up system that is working for years. Women's football needs development now. And if you don't give the opportunity to smaller clubs and to all leagues in Europe, not only the five top leagues, then we're going to have a big problem that we, that they have now uh, in, in men's football. A big gap that can't be filled, that can't be reached anymore. So it happened that we really made better uh, conditions in the qualifiers as well. So part of the increased now, increased budget would, will also be um, given to the teams in the qualifiers. So the finances there also grew up uh, a lot. It will help them to, to um, not only provide organization and, and the matches. So now they can really feel that they have something out of the uh, Women's Champions League. Because I said them. Except that you are proud of being part of the Women's Champions League in the qualifiers, you have nothing else out of that competition. So if you are thinking about going broke or bankrupt because you are playing Champions League, then this brand is not showing excellence as we want to show. And if Women's Football and if uh, Women's Champions League is a competition of excellence, then it has to be excellence from the bottom till, till the very top. And that's what we made. So the qualifiers were improved and ev even a very, very important thing is also happening now with the Champions League. So not only for the clubs participating, but for all the clubs in all leagues, um, there will be a solidarity mechanism for clubs that are part of the leagues where the um, teams participating are coming from. The first um, idea was to give this solidarity solidarity payment to the leagues that qualify to the group stage and onwards but i said don't forget about the leagues down there from the qualifiers why wouldn't i don't know bosnia serbia montenegro if you drop out and we, if we don't reach group stage what we are getting there so we will still stay without any finances and the top teams will go even further and this gap will be bigger and bigger so think about the other ones and they said yeah you are right even though i was very surprised and very proud of and i thank them again the big clubs, especially the uh, representative Olympic Lyon, agreed with me and they said, yeah, we can't forget the smaller clubs and the smaller leagues. They need support as well. So every team, every league from every team participating will get now a solidarity payment, even though 
even uh, the clubs playing in the qualifiers. So all uh, top division teams from, for example, Bosnia will get a solidarity payment because SFK 2000 Sarajevo is playing in the qualifiers. And, so basically, uh, they have a reason to support you guys, which is also yes. good good for the community. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, till now, they some of them didn't want to support us. They're like, I don't care about this. Okay, sorry, well, they can drop out immediately. But if it's my opinion, so now, now they have a reason to support us, even though they didn't do that before. And uh, as far as we go, the more we advance, the more money they will get. So <laughs> they will have a reason to cheer for us. Wow. So you're actually getting a new fan base. I can see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a big thing for women's football. And I think it will help a lot smaller clubs. Uh, they will have now a basis and something to look up. But speaking of competition itself, what are yeah. the differences? Yeah, the differences are that now after the qualifying round, you don't have immediately a knockout stage. Now, uh, before it was after the qualifying round, you go to round of 32 and then uh, so and so on. Now you have something that is very similar to the men's competition. After the first round, so qualifying round, you have round two. That is a knockout game with the team that also advanced to uh, from the round one. And the winner of this round two two match system will go to the group stage and this group stage will be the same as the men's competition you have four teams in the group everyone plays with everyone and the biggest clubs of course uh, are waiting there in the group stage so they will all already uh, fill pot one and pot two or um place one place two and the other ones will be filled out of uh, the qualifiers so that's a big thing that now we're gonna have a group stage that is centralized we have new sponsors around the women's uh, competition brands and that will change a lot it will be high quality matches with um, tv uh, broadcast etc it will really be something new so do you actually feel that now we are having that step up and that progress we've been waiting for in women's football? Like, is this that year? I mean, okay, let's say next year, because we have other issues as a, as a, as a world community uh, as well. So basically, do you think that this post-COVID uh, era, let's say like that, is the era where women's football will go, we're going to grow? Yeah, I think definitely that this is the turning point because four years ago, UEFA decided that they will um, make uh, women's football to be their focus. And it all started with the researches, with strategies, with changing of these and that. But really now you can feel that something is actually changing, that we have something new, that we have something better, that we have something bigger. And this new format of the Women's Champions League is that point where everything will change and I truly believe that because already now the budget increased a lot uh, the first time now the Women's Champions League has its own sponsors it's not a package of the men's competition that the sponsors get now they can apply and they be they can be sponsors only for the women's competition and only for the Women's Champions League that uh, is a big difference uh, when you compare it to, to the women's football world before and now now the brand is important now women's football is important and now the big names um, are, are turning to, to women's sport they don't have to be sponsors of the men's t uh, competition anymore they are only looking 
towards the women's competition that's uh, important as we could see uh, the women's final was for years um two days before the men's final at the same uh, place or in the same town now it's not like that anymore it is becoming its own final with its own um, date when it's being played in another country so uh, it we women's football is not a shadow of men's football anymore now it's a separate brand of of its own that's going to grow a lot in the next period and do you think that actually fifa with the world cup is following that because the biggest issue i have as someone working in women's football and then following and supporting the women's football is between two world cups you have huge gap i mean you have all the intention uh, for the world cup when it's happening but then after the world cup is over you don't see those people following uh following those those ladies actually stay and follow the women's football so how do we miss how, how do we actually lose those people and how can we bring them back to to the attention to the women's football Yeah, so uh, I think this will help a lot, as I said, because uh, the European competition, the uh, UEFA Euro, Women's Euro, will also be a bigger event now than it was before. And that will uh, make the gap smaller between uh, one World Cup to the other. I think the focus will now stay on women's football, even though I think FIFA also can see and they are active in this whole process they know what is happening with women's football in Europe and I think they want to follow it they have also a strategy that they published just few days ago or it will happen now in these days a big research about women's football and they made it in order to make a strategy to give focus to women's football in the whole world in the next period and to follow the steps that UEFA is making with the Champions League and with the, and with the women's Euro so I think they will also um, do some other steps to make women's football greater and better in, in on our whole planet and not only here because it, it's different football and women's football is very developed now in, in Europe but in other parts of the world it's very different and they need to make those steps that we made 15 years ago in order to get here where we are now Yes, well, we say that uh, the progress in Europe is not com comparable to the rest of the world. And then we have USA being the best in the world. So <laughs> we still have something to, to learn from, from each other. But speaking about the money and, and all the progress that, that it is being made in, in that area, can we say the same about the sponsorships in women's football? But not speaking of UEFA Champions League as a brand, like, but speaking of For example, SFK 2007. Do you feel like there is a movement that there are more companies interested in investing in you or you still have to uh, work even more to get them to see you as a potential business partner? Because we still uh, don't see those individual brands that you girls have. I mean, you are the brand uh, itself uh, inside of the SFK and you can be promoted and endorsed by, by some companies. And are they approaching you or are you approaching them like... Is there any gap or something is actually happening? In Balkans, in this part of Europe, it is always like that, that you are reaching out to them and not that the companies are reaching out to the clubs, whoever they are, men's or women's, it, does, it doesn't matter. So we don't have that thing happening that the companies want Uh, are reaching out to the sports club but what is very important it changed a lot uh 10 years ago 
we actually couldn't get a sponsor and it was maybe small donations when you ask for it it was just help towards women's football but now we are talking about ourselves as a brand and as a great story that you can be part of and the perception towards women's football changed a lot so now that the companies and the institutions are not looking down to women's football as something that they are just helping with some finances now they see it really as, as being a sponsor and giving a sponsorship and having uh, their visual um, place in our brand that's very important and it even happened even though we merged with with the men's team of FK Sarajevo there actually are some companies that don't want to be sponsor of the men's team they want to be specifically sponsors of our women's team and they say that that out loudly because they like our brand they like our story they want to be part of the successful path and they are choosing to be our sponsors because of that so that really changed that changed a lot but uh, generally the situation with companies and sponsorships in this part of Europe is very very difficult and that's something that has to be changed at another level it's not about uh, that the companies don't want to invest it in football they just it, it, they just don't want to invest in football because of other reasons. They have to pay taxes if they want to be sponsors. So that's a very complicated thing that we have to um, now start to have meetings with our government, with our institutions to talk about that. That's not normal because in other countries in Europe and not only Europe, in the world, if you are a sponsor of a sports team, you are free of taxes or you have some... Um, good things that come with that here if you want to be a sponsor you have to pay extra money so the companies have no reason to be sponsors of a sports club because there is there just there is no revenue that they can get out of uh, that marketing space here there are no millions of people that are uh, buying merchandise there are no thousands and thousands of people that are coming to the stadium it's just uh, the, the the business uh, picture in this part of Europe is very different and the big companies they just can't make any revenue out of that marketing deals it is we have to speak the truth it is just about their visibility about their activism if they are part of sports but there is nothing that more that they, they can get out of it so there is a bigger thing that we have to change here with the government with the institutions and to make a better um, to make better conditions for them to actually approach clubs and be part uh, of them and give sponsorships because if you have to pay additional taxes to be a sponsor then you can just imagine how difficult it is to get a sponsor especially when you are a women's sports club the funny thing is that we, when we were uh, one country, when, when we were Yugoslavia, we had that uh, law actually that allowed companies to invest in sport and then uh, ha have no taxes at all to pay uh, if they do that. And the, the even funniest thing is that many countries, many Western countries actually copied that law from U Yugoslavia. And now us who are separate countries <laughs> who made that law we are not having it so i mean that's that's the irony of this region i may say but we'll we'll get there we'll get there again yeah, I, I, i'm sure unfortunately well we can we can speak about sfk and women's football i mean especially you and me we can speak like for hours but to conclude this amazing episode i would like to to ask you for advice to other clubs from this region what they should do 
to become next SFK because I mean it's awesome what girl you're doing actually girls but we need more clubs like SFK I mean even you in Bosnia need more clubs like like your own so that you can progress and at Esra so basically what is your advice like how do we get more SFK 2000 Sarajevo <laughs> so how did we do this just train 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 go to training sessions every day and do it for years that's the only thing that you can actually do there is no magic behind our our uh, football that we are playing there is no magic stick that we turn around and we play perfect football on the pitch we go to training sessions every day for, for years and that's why we are best we don't have breaks now after this season we're gonna have a break that will be maybe two weeks that's it we are on the field having training sessions and having an amazing coach who knows what she is doing that's also important i know that you uh it's impossible to have a high class coach if he or she is not paid and that's a different story but if you find someone and only women that played football can understand this and do it out of love till they come to the point where they can have a stable budget to be paid but you have to have someone who knows football who is an expert in football and he or she needs to be able to transfer this philosophy to the players that they really feel that it's important to come to every training session it's important to be focused it's important to give your best when you are losing when you are winning and the, the magic behind our results is that when we are winning five i i can remember this match like it was this morning we won six zero and everyone would say yeah great you won six zero you can go home happily and that's it that you have nothing to do better but our coach was so mad at us because we didn't play <laughs> the tactic that she said she was so mad we had the training session immediately and five days after that the, at the atmosphere was like i don't know like we lost every game so that's what i want to say and that's a great thing we had a video analysis of this game. We had training sessions, extra training sessions because of this game. Because it's not about the good things you do. You have to uh, analyze your, your mistakes and to make them better. That's why SFK is the best. We are having training sessions every day. We are not happy when we are uh, winning. We are not happy only because of goals. We are just happy when we play good tactics, tactics and when we are disciplined. And that's how you get to be like SFK 2000. Wow, <laughs> amazing. I mean, it it looks like it's simple, but actually it's not simple. It's it's all about it's all about the practice and dedication definitely. Well, I wish the best of luck to you guys in the in the new season of the Champions League. I hope that maybe this season you can go even further, that you can qualify for that elite group stage. Let's call it that way because you definitely deserve. If there is someone from this area and I'm not from from your country who I'm actually supporting to get there that's definitely gonna be you guys so best of luck and make us all proud thank you very much thank you very much for this hour of talking about women's football I think it's always important to th talk about it and I hope as well that we will make a good result this year thank you very much for this talk well we this have. is this is that soccer is all about so we're starting here <laughs> thank you one more time